Hi, this is Keith, and this is Klezmer Podcast 58 for Thursday, October 15th, 2009. The website is klezmerpodcast.com, and my email is keith at klezmerpodcast.com. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Mike Ankelwitz of the band Klez Factor from Toronto, Canada. Mike last appeared on the podcast two years ago on episode 13. So those of you who have been listening for that long might remember. And for those of you not familiar with Mike, please go and look up episode 13 to get some additional background. Klez Factor's latest album was from 2008 entitled Klez Machine. We'll get to hear a track from the album a little bit later. But right now, here's my interview with Mike Ankelwitz. Hi, this is Keith with Klezmer Podcast, live from Klez Canada 2009. It's day five, another lovely day, a little bit on the cool side, but at least it's not windy. And I'm visiting right now with Mike Ankelwitz of the band Klez Factor from Toronto, Ontario. Uh, Mike, welcome once again to Klezmer Podcast. Thanks, Keith. It's good to be back. Good to see you. I saw you at... Uh, Cabaret last night. He did some wonderful clarinet work with uh, with Fern. It, it was uh, that nice uh, Dona Dona arrangement she does. It, it's really cool. It is really cool. She's uh, Fern's an amazing musician. She's getting a lot of attention in Canada for her jazz work, um, as well as playing with the sisters, the sisters of Shaneville and uh, the Lithuanian Empire as well. But she's really, you know, her singing, and she's really taking singing seriously after being a piano player and considering herself a piano player for many years. Um, and she's a, a really good musician and composer and arranger, and she she can write some really neat stuff. So it's actually just fun to play while she's playing piano. And we had a great bass player named Joel on the bass. He lives in Montreal. And, you know, that's the fun part about Clez Canada is just getting together with people that you don't usually play with and doing something. And everybody just pulls it together and and uh, can do it. It's it's really great. But I want to talk more about Klez Factor. What's uh, what's been happening? You have the new album Klez Machine, and you put a little behind the scenes video uh, posted, which was really fun to watch. So, um, what's been happening since you released that album? And and tell me a little bit about it. Well, I'll start with the album, and I guess the it's a it's not video, unfortunately. It's just a, an audio podcast, I guess, an audio documentary um, that we just talked about. You know what goes into making an album, and and our our particular process, um, which in brief we usually start with a live recording session of everybody, and we we do about eight hours in a studio, everybody live off the floor. Um, you know, for anyone who's not sure what that means, it just means we're they turn the the microphones on and record everything that happens and we record all of that stuff and uh then we take some time off and let it settle and or you know work on let it settle because people have really busy schedules and then we schedule a couple of overdub sessions where we will fix mistakes and add extra parts i'm i'm big on the notion that the uh the uh, a recorded product is different than a live product and therefore you shouldn't try to do something in a recording, you have the opportunity to do something that is uh, different, and that is something unique. So 
we, we take the opportunity in overdubs to add extra lines. I, I will occasionally bring in extra musicians. Uh, for this album, we brought in a cellist. Our violinist at the time um, played viola as well, so it gave us the opportunity to have some string quartet textures. Um, our drummer and our guitarist both play a lot of percussion. The guitarist can bring in some extra guitars, some acoustic. He also brought in an oud. Um, and we did bring us in a singer for one song. And so the opportunity to do something like that is is a fun thing to prepare for. And after that happens, we, we mix and master. And um, we basically, it's, it's here's the stuff that works, and we're going to put that in. And So the record has now been out for almost a year, actually. We were supposed to get it uh, up at Close Canada last year, and there was a mix-up with the shipping of the the box that the the uh, manufacturers had sent up here and it didn't actually get up here until camp was over well i remember and and you were trying to enlist some family members to uh make an emergency run up here with some early copies <laughs> yeah well that didn't work out it's a long way to go um but i was trying to get uh, uh a fedex package sent up here by the the manufacturer and it and it was supposed to be here on uh, the Saturday, I believe, and it didn't get here until, I think, the Monday. And, you know, everybody was gone, so it just got sent right back. Um, so we did have it, actually, for the Ashkenaz Festival last year. Um, we played a few songs. It was it was a rather it was a rather strange situation, so we were playing late at night. and um, But people were appreciative. We didn't have the entire band, but we were really, really fortunate to have Christian David come and sit in with us for a couple of songs. And that's also another big pleasure is to play with somebody of Christian's caliber. And, um, yeah, the album's been out for a year now, I guess, and it's been getting some airplay on the radio. I think we've been played, I think we've been played now in four continents. So we've gotten airplay on, in radio stations in Canada. We've been played in Argentina and, uh, we have a friend in Siberia who uh, <laughs> once approached us after hearing our first, something off the internet from our first album and asked us, asked us to send out a, a CD to him, so we send out everything we do now. And uh, we've gotten some podcast play in Spain and Portugal, and um, actually I'll send a shout-out to, I think it's Jorge Rosenblum, who lives in Spain and does a, a Jewish music podcast. Um, for a website in in Spain, and I think he also does some conventional radio. Um, yeah, so it's it's been people are happy with it. You liked it, I know, Keith. Uh, you gave us a wonderful review. Uh, we've gotten some nice reviews elsewhere, um, and since then it's been a little strange because our bass player has left the band to concentrate on his own projects. Our violinist uh, went back to Calgary and has been living in Calgary since last September. And so it's been a sort of a year of reconfiguration and um, refocusing. And we have replaced those members, at least in their ability to play the instruments. And every incarnation of the band is always a little bit different and always has a little bit of a different sound to it. And we're really happy with both of these guys. A great jazz bass player named Tony McKnight and a really great um, violinist named Jaron Freeman Fox, who is a amazing violinist from Vancouver originally, and he's got a lot of Indian music background, and so he's bringing a, a really fresh sound to the band. And so we've got some stuff booked for the fall, 
and we're going to be including our the cellist who played with us on the album as more a regular member of the band as well. Well, that sounds exciting. So, um, what's in the in the works? Are you writing some uh, new tunes uh, that you're going to get ready to take out, or what's the what's the future for Close Factor looking like? Um, I think it looks looks rosy. Um, we've, uh, I think, this week I, they probably have announced it already. I guess we didn't win. Uh, we were nominated for a best song from our first album for the Just Plain Folks Awards. Um, but, you know, very stiff competition in the category. You have people like Arkady Goldenstein and uh, Strymel and um, some other fantastic groups from all over the world. So, you know, I'm not getting my hopes up. But uh, <laughs> the the future looks great. I mean, these new musicians, we still have yet to play a gig with the play a gig in sort of a more the the jazz fusion klezmer uh, milieu. We have played some traditional gigs with with the new members. So. We're going to still see how they work out, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be great because they're great musicians. Um, we also have, we're, I am writing new material. We're, I'm putting into the planning stages, you know, reconfiguring some old material as well. Um, in December, we're going to be playing a concert at a, at a jazz club in Toronto called The Train Studio. That's T-R-A-N-E, of course, oh, to, <laughs> to, to reference uh, John Coltrane. Oh, not not the air conditioning company. No, no. not the air conditioning company. <laughs> I don't think we have that in Canada. Um, so we we have a concert in December, and I guess since people in Toronto may well listen to this, it's December 4th at the train studio, which is on Bathurst Street, halfway between Bloor and DuPont. Um, we're going to be playing, we're calling it our fifth anniversary concert, which astounds me that this band, this band has been going for five years now. And um, we will also be recording a live, uh, we'll call it an extended play record, where we'll be doing probably three new songs, record them with the uh, with the new band, including the cello. Plus, we will probably release um, a few extra tracks of some of our previously recorded material with the cello incorporated into it. Wow, always something. Interesting cooking uh, with Close Factor in Toronto. Um, just a little bit ago, you were telling me about uh, your trip to Weimar this summer, and I've been wanting to go for a long time. I have to live vicariously through uh, all my friends that, that are fortunate enough to get to go. But um, tell me your impression of uh, what you did at Weimar this summer. Well, it's it's just like coming to Close Canada. You learn a lot. You have a lot of fun. Um, I only could, unfortunately, I could only go for a few days and I was only there for the dance music workshop, which is a very different animal than most of what goes on here at Klez Canada. Um, the dance music workshop was basically a bunch of musicians who are professional musicians playing tunes for dancing. And Christian David was leading the klezmer portion, um, and I'll talk a second about the the other portion, which is what really is exciting about Weimar. But it's you know it's fantastic to play with all these musicians, and you never get the impression that you always have to play because you can always dance and you can always just enjoy the music that people are playing. And um, you know it's a phenomenal group of musicians. Jake Schulman Ment was there. Um, uh, Michiel from the Amsterdam Klezmer Band was there. There are a lot of there's some sort of uh, American Canadian expatriates in Europe who go, but a lot of Europeans as well who who go to play and um, 
it's it's just a, a you know a lot of fun. Weimar is a great town. It's a very different experience because everybody's in the middle of a town, and rather than out here in the middle of nowhere, and even at Klaus Camp in the middle of nowhere. Um, and again, the exciting, the really exciting part about so you really kind of bring the music to the people that way, right? Yes, and they actually play in the streets. That's that's a great point, Keith. They they do jam sessions at cafes in the middle of the street where you're in this you know cobblestone road in the in the old city of Weimar and and the dancers are dancing in the middle of the streets and it's this wonderful thing and the place is packed and it's you know it's like a the typical german beer garden where it's you know we have in north america we have these patios where people will go outside and drink well you know that's sort of the standard in german in germany i think uh, i think in the summertime people don't go inside unless there's a really good reason to um, so you've got all these tables at all these places, all these beer gardens. There are these tables, picnic tables outside, or tables, and people just lining it. And you've got a couple hundred people outside, and then there are the people dancing, and it's it's just this wonderful, you know, they've got it lit up at night, and it's just this wonderful vibe um, that you get to experience. And so the the thing that's really exciting about the Weimar workshops is that. Their whole goal is to bring more exposure to what they call the other music, um, musics of the others, of the Jews, of the gypsies, of the, you know, marginalized peoples of Europe. And for this dance workshop, they had brought a, a band from Moldova, from, from Kishinev in Moldova, and they had brought a choreographer and a dancer to teach Moldovan dance and the musicians would play and play these Moldovan songs. And again, very similar to Klezmer. They all come from the same family. There's even one song that we all know from old recordings. Uh, I think on the recordings called Funder Chupa. I've seen it referred to as Der Zilber Nachasana. And here's this, this tune that the, the band leader for the Moldovan band, Marin, he hands out and we're looking at this tune and we're like, we know this tune. <laughs> It, it goes a little differently, and the style of playing it is a little different. It's got that sort of Moldovan swing to it, um, the the Roma swing, um, but it's it's the same tune, and so we're just amazed at, you know, how similar these traditions are. And I mean, I'll just bring up a, a film that uh, Yale Strom directed, called uh, "The Man from uh, The Man from Munkash," is what it's called. And it's basically about this, uh, I think the founder of the Hungarian klezmer band, the Budapest klezmer band, who really learned his klezmer music from a gypsy musician where he was from. Who be- And this gypsy musician had become sort of the keeper of the Jewish music tradition in that town because he was the only one left who knew the Jewish Jewish songs. And so when this this person who was the first Jew born after the war in that town, he starts to learn these songs from this gypsy musician, you know, this this tradition is sort of being carried on but through the intermediary of the of the, the gypsies. Wow. So a little bit of everything going on there and like you say, it flows out into the streets, and and uh, I guess people just come to, like here, they come to just watch uh, what goes on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here, you know, you don't have people walking in from Saint Agathe or from Montreal just coming up, 
But people, you know, people, things are going on here everywhere. But I think it, it's, although Clays Canada is definitely making an effort to take things to Montreal and take things to the, the people in Montreal, and, and usually they do something in Ottawa as well. Um, and really, you know, getting to the people. Um, this year, I know with Jason Rosenblatt was uh, appointed as the, um, I don't know what his title is officially, but his, his job is to, um, to, to do programming in Montreal year-round, whether it be organized concerts or workshops or, or things of that nature. But uh, it's, they're definitely trying to be more active. I know talking to High this summer, you know, he was really proud of the fact that they had put on a concert series in conjunction with the Montreal Jazz Festival, um, which, if you've never been to the Montreal Jazz Festival, is one of the greatest uh, jazz festivals in, that I've been to in North America. Not that I've been to a lot, but it's it's a tremendous experience. It's, the city really comes alive and really supports it. And so having Klez Canada and Klezmer be a part of, of that scene is, is, I think, a big deal. I think so. I'd, I'd like to get to Montreal uh, for the Jazz Festival also. It'd be really fun to go see. And some of the other activities that, like you say, Klez Canada does in, in Montreal itself. So... Well, thanks very much, Mike. Uh, I know I've kept you from uh, getting to your next activity on time, so I appreciate you <laughs> uh, taking a little time to be late for your, for your activity. But uh, thanks so much for, for speaking with me on the podcast again. Good luck with Clez Factor, and uh, hope to see you again soon. Absolutely, and hopefully we'll be able to get Clez Factor to L.A. Uh, I, I didn't mention this, but uh, you know that we, we came to the U.S. and we did a few shows in uh, we did one in Boston, one in New York, and one in Philadelphia. So we are hoping to be able to tour again this spring, and it would be fantastic to be able to get to L.A. and uh, maybe do a show with the South Coast Simcha Band. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I love those guys, the South Coast Simcha Band. They're they're hot. They're awesome. <laughs> oh, and uh, one more time, how can people uh, reach you? They can reach me through the Klez Factor website. It's www.klezfactor.com. We're on MySpace as well. It's myspace.com slash klezfactor. Um, or they could email us basically info at klezfactor.com or booking at klezfactor.com. Uh, that's the best way. And uh, the music is available where? Music is available on iTunes, and it's available at CD Baby. And I will actually, I'd like to plug another project I'm involved with, uh, it's not my baby, but it's uh, the the project of Jonathan Feldman, who's a keyboardist and uh, very much into the Jewish jazz tradition. And uh, we've just we've just been playing now for about a year, and we have a, a grant waiting for us to record our first album, which should happen this winter. And uh, it's got a phenomenal phenomenal personnel in this band: Brett Higgins from Beyond the Pales playing bass, a drummer named Colin Kingsmore who plays with some phenomenal jazz artists in toronto um he's playing drums uh guitar player named joel schwartz who plays in a band called the outlanders you should check them out uh <laughs> is playing guitar and we do actually have uh, max sennett who plays with the flying bulgars uh as well as uh another project of david bookbinders called odessa havana where he he plays percussion with this band on occasion so it's it's a really, really great group of musicians and some really great music, very much inspired by John Zorn's Masada project and other, you know, Tzaddik, radical Jewish culture projects. And uh, we we hope as well with that project to be seeing more of the world soon. 
<laughs> wow. Exciting stuff. I have to check some of that stuff out, definitely. So, okay. Thanks, Mike. And uh, enjoy the rest of your Close Canada week. Thanks very much, Keith. You too. from the Sway Machinery. You're listening to klezmerpodcast.com. Okay, I'm back. That was my interview with Mike Ankowitz from the band Klez Factor in Toronto. That was recorded while at Klez Canada back on August 27th. And the track we heard was my radio edit of Klez Machine, the title track by Klez Factor on their latest album, Klez Machine. I also wanted to mention about the band that 
Mike was talking about working with in Toronto, his friend John Feldman's band called Zebrina. That's spelled Z-E-B-R-I-N-A. I found their link on MySpace at myspace.com slash Zebrina. So check out that band as well. And I also encourage you to help support Klezmer Podcast by buying your music through my online store, Klezmer Podcast's Music Delicatessen. Simply go to the website and click on the link that says Buy Music Here. And that will take you to the front page of the music store with some of my favorite albums on the first page. Well, that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 58. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed or have your music played on the podcast, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released CD you would like me to review, please send an email to keith at klezmerpodcast.com. Again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com, and you can also find me on MySpace, Facebook, and now on Twitter at klezmerpodcast. And as a reminder, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed, tell your friends, and until next time, bye for now.